Murphy, the veteran, the sidestep, the banana, Mark Murphy. Might have no choice. It starts right. It swings back. What a goal! Hello and welcome back to the Unlucky Blues podcast. I'm your host, Luke, JB and Tassa with me today. And JB, I have a question for you. Does Harry Mackay have a case to be the best snap in the league? I mean, well, stuff. I say, I'd say on the basis of like watching him play most of the time, except for the actually, except for the one against Frio where he bellied it and went all the way across the face. I'd say he kicks more snaps than drop pants. So, mate, I probably is. It's not a matter of whether he kicks them; it's how good are they? Is he the best snap in the league? Every time he does it, it looks it looks pretty good. Besides, yeah, besides the one. Besides, yeah, besides that one. Oh, Percentages would be interesting to look at. Yeah, I'd say I'd say he is. As 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 a as the tall as a taller taller player. Oh well, fair enough. Um, but yeah, there you go, JB. Just want to get your thoughts because you, you're talking a bit of shit, and I, I can't have that. But um, we're off. Of, we're off a second win. We're two and two, and we're in the eight. It's rare. Um, it's rare. Uh, it's a rare sight to see Carlton above that sort of red line in the middle of the ladder. Um, but it's great news, and it, we. It's not always nice viewing but we get there in the end and typical fucking Carlton I've heard that saying in other parts of life but um, Tass what do you think of the performance? Um, probably one of the worst games I've watched for a while let's be honest <laughs> it was uh, yeah it wasn't, wasn't made for great viewing up in the uh, Gold Coast on the Dewey Turf up there but on the overall yeah I was uh, pretty happy I think we competed for four quarters which was really nice and um, something that we really haven't seen for a while so yeah, it was good just uh, being able to, I guess, show us that when they needed to fight, they did fight and they grinded out the result. That's the only way to put it, really. Um, yeah, on, a, on how bad of a game it was. I, there was one comment I saw on Facebook after the game where he's, someone said, my team won, I didn't pay for it, but I still want my money back. It was, yeah, it wasn't the greatest spectacle. But um, yeah, at the end of the round, I got a nosebleed. I don't think we've been that high on the ladder for, for some time. So, um, so um, yeah, it's good to... And then you just walk down, walk down, you see Richmond below us. So I asked a couple of my mates how it feels. They didn't think it was that funny, but anyway. Anyway, it's good to finish a round in the eight. Two minutes in and JV's on fire. This is, this is going to be good. Someone's, someone's uh, I reckon, lit him up tonight because I haven't heard him this, this sort of enraged and... Not, that's not the right word. Just this, this energetic in a while. Yeah. It's good to see. But um, yeah, I, I was um, I was I wasn't able to watch the game live, so I saw a replay. So I, I, th- I found out because I usually I watch every game live. I, I find watching replays of anything really hard. I can't even watch the game back after, even if it's a great win. I don't like watching it back because I, I just don't feel like I'm invested in it. But watching the replay, the emotions are very different, and I could see when I was messaging you two on Saturday night. Well, more so JB. Um, he, he was looking stressed. And it's weird because I should have been stressed for a lot of that game and I just wasn't because I knew the result already. I did, my, did myself a favour and didn't look at the individual player stats. But when you you know the result, it's hard to watch it and get really invested in it. Yeah, I still got a bit annoyed at the umpires, but that's that's just how it is sometimes. But um, I think, yeah, starting off positively, um, I think it was just great to see, as you said, Tass, a four-quarter performance, whether... We should have probably smacked them by a lot more, but the fact that we actually kept going and we didn't concede a five-goal swing for, for once, which was great to see, um, 
Yeah, I thought it was great, great, um, a great game. And JB, tell us who, what what was it about the game that I think? What, what's an aspect of the game where you think, okay, that's something great that we've, that we've seen and we can build on it? Because there were some good signs and some bad signs. I mean, well, first of all, I'll say I know we, I know I said I wanted to say fifty point win, but I completely forgot about the conditions because we're gonna it was it was because of the conditions it was gonna be a very very contested game and I think our midfield stood up in that regard so that was good and it was as well as our back line and we'll get into the votes but I'm sure and I'm sure Liam Jones will be up there because he just marked everything and he was able to keep it locked in because he still had a few inside fifties as well. So that I said the midfield and the back line were most pleasing. The forward line wasn't so much but I mean in those conditions it's not gonna be most of the time. But we still kicked nine sixteen, so we still had our chances to yeah nine sixteen yeah we still we still had our chances to kick a big score, but unfortunately it wasn't to be. Yeah, I feel like it's always a good game when you or like a good overall performance from most players when you can't really figure out who you want to give your three two one two. I mean, I I have a feeling it might be a bit different across the board between us, and we'll get to that after. But uh, speaking of the back line, you, you mentioned Jonesy, absolutely killing it. His form is. Really, like he's probably in the best form of everyone in the team right now. And I want to mention Luke Parks cleaning up Jack Lacocious. If you're not going to tackle someone, bump him like Parks did. And, and, My goodness, it was huge. And the desperation to stop the stop a potential goal as well, just beeline straight for him. Unfo- yeah, Lacocious was a bit came off a bit second best there, but it wasn't his fault. It wasn't Parks's fault. He just had butt of the turf. No, but like the thing, it was, yes, it was a hard hit as well. But the best part about it was it was the right decision. Like if he tackled Lukosz because he got the hands free and handball over the top, which, which Parks just said straight away, no, nah, I'm not letting this goal go in. I'm going to smack him and make sure it doesn't, the ball doesn't get yeah, out. Yeah, and, and tackling and the other player managing to get the hands free is a very common thing that always seems to happen when we tackle. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was just good to see, and I, I I'd like to get your thoughts on this, Tass. Um, I I reckon we had a fair few players have their best game of the year. I've got Murphy, Samo, Doherty, Eddie Betts, and Ed Kerno all having their best game of the year. And I'm hoping it's the start of an upwards trend just overall in the team. What do you think about that? Yeah, I tend to agree. Um, a lot of players stood up when they needed to, which was nice. I'm hoping now, I'm, we've been wrong many a time before, let's put it that way. We just, I don't trust them yet to the fact that putting string, string together two good performances and... Uh, I'm still doubting what's going to happen next well, week. Well, I mean, yeah. for all I know, we're going to come out and get our know, asses handed to us on a platter. But, you know, having said that, I think... Uh, I don't want to say it. I was going to say I think we've turned the corner, but I've said that many a time before. I've said again, that many not, a time. But then again, we're not um, we're not the experts, but yeah, we can always have um, opinions. Well, to some we are, mate. <laughs> well, well, I was going to say... Um, you sort of touched on there. Like I, one of the first things I wrote down after I watched the game was, were we actually impressive or should alarm bells be ringing? Because I, I don't know whether I liked what I saw or if I didn't. And I, from what I've seen on, on like Facebook and Twitter and all the all the different Carlton groups that there are, um, a lot of people aren't too happy with the result. And not, not, I shouldn't say that. They're, they're happy with the win, but they weren't really happy with the outcome of the game. Do, do, you, do you agree with that or are you thinking no, it, was good, it was a good result? You know, you know th- there are some people out there that you just cannot please. I mean, we, we could have beaten the Gold Coast by 50 points and they still wouldn't be happy. I mean, we're two and two. What more do you want? Like, we're out there. 
Disposal efficiency of both teams was, I think, about sixty something percent. Absolute peanuts, especially cons- like, considering mate, the conditions. It, it like wasn't the conditions. If if these people were more than happy to go out there and play in those conditions, I'd be interested to see if they could take contested mark. Like, get over yourselves. Take the win. We're at 103. We're above Richmond. We're above Essendon, and we're above Collingwood. When is the last time that happened? Uh, I'll say a while ago, but um, yeah, not. It's it's hard to say on that performance because because of the conditions. If it was a clean game, if if it wasn't so dewy, if if it wasn't so Stuart do. Of the ground, it's um, you'd 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 want a better performance, but I mean, in those conditions, all you're going to expect, and what we got was just a contested, contested, uh, contested and stoppage heavy game, and Jerry Seinfeld in the house, everybody. Oh, oh man, JB, you're you're on fire, man. It's just depending on the conditions, and the conditions served up a pretty, um, abysmal viewing affair. Despite the win, which is nice to get the win, but to as a, to watch it as a spectacle wasn't it wasn't pretty. See, I'm I'm, I'm sort of I don't, I don't know if I agree with what you said, Tass. I, I I'm not too convinced by the game. Um, I think as as good as as much as we dominated the game, and I think this is something that I've noticed in small snippets from the previous rounds so far this year, we're really not good at taking advantage of when we're in a dominant position. For the most part, I thought the game was fairly even, to be honest. Uh, and then the last, sort of the second half of the third quarter and the last quarter, we ran over them. Yet we managed to, we, we just couldn't get the game into our own, sort of, like sort of into that territory where it's like, all right, the game is put to bed now. Yeah. We can't do that. And no. we and it's no. something that all the good teams need to do because... It also, it also happened last week. No, we just no, 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 no. We kicked one six in the last quarter. That's why the game wasn't put to bed. But that's not, an issue, not, is it yeah, not? Yeah, yeah, but in better conditions, we would have done better than that. Would we though? Yeah. You'd hope. Yeah. If not, then I don't. I don't doubt that. If not, then we've got some bad news. But I think it's just depending on the conditions. It's hard to really gauge how well we played because, especially in the forward line, it wasn't the best for best conditions for forwards. But a midfield stood up, which was good to see. Well, if we're talking about the conditions, like, shouldn't we be worried? Because, I mean, wet weather footy is going to become very prevalent in the next three months. Different type of wet weather footy, Luke. It's different type of wet weather footy. It's not humid wet weather footy. It's cold wet weather footy here. We've got players that can be clean. I mean, like, that's a different sort of... It's a different environment, I think, anyway. Take it with a grain of salt, but at the same time, it's... I, 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 I don't know about you guys, but I was never... Like, I was getting stressed like I always do. I had about how many, like, 10 Johnny Blues when we were watching the game. Um, but, like, I was never stressed that we were going to lose that game. I, I just didn't feel like they ever got on top of us, especially in the last quarter. I know we kicked 1-6 and the game should have been put to bed. But Gold Coast never looked like taking it down the other end and scoring. Our defensive work was first rate. Jonesy was everywhere. We locked the ball in the front half very well. I mean, I, I, I had no reason to be worried. Well, you say that, but... I swear, every the in, against Richmond and Collingwood in the third quarter, we dominated. We had it locked in. The other team didn't look like they had any chance of getting the ball down the other end because we were just dominating. And yet, I guess it was a it was a different game because we were behind. But it's still it's another thing. Like we had it locked in, and we couldn't score. It happened again. We had it locked in, and we couldn't score. We couldn't. Yeah, but put we're the not game Richmond. We're not. We're not. You know, Sydney. We're not. Um, who else is up there? Bulldogs. Like we'll get there. It'll happen. You got to do little little steps, baby steps, baby steps. Yeah, but I think I'd say 
I mean, we've shown to get as well is where should be there this year. This is like our year. We should be seeing signs of that, and I don't think we have yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least, wait, but but I mean, then again, it's only round four. Round first five. two games, first two games, we didn't rock up. We were asleep. Yeah, right. We start our season started last week. Let's be honest. When we really started showing how we're playing, oh, I'm not. I'm not taking. I mean, agree to disagree, but I'm not taking much away from that win. I think we were. I think it was a four-quarter performance. Yeah, we should have kicked straight up. We should have taken more of our opportunities, but there were good signs there, and I think we're okay. Fair enough. So I'll get this, and this is sort of going away from the actual game itself, but we'll come back to the game. Pre-season, we said what we wanted to be after six games. It's been four games, and we're two and two. I said I think three and three is realistic and where we want to be. And you both said four and two, was it? Am I right in thinking that? Or one of you said five and one, maybe? I think I might have said six and oh, but that might have just been a bit overconfident. But I'd say, but I, I think I'm sure both of us would have said either four and two or five and one, and it's probably a bit, maybe a bit ahead of ourselves, but then again, why can't, I think we're all current supporters, I think we are a, a bit at times. So, but in saying that, like that was our pre-season expectation. Being two and two now, do we think... That that's a good result, or do we think right? We have to now beat Port and Brisbane, or we have to beat one of Port and Brisbane. What's your thoughts on that then? Well, um, looking back on the two and two, I th- I feel like we still should have been three and one. We st- we should have won that Collingwood game, but obviously we didn't because we didn't rock up. But yeah, I say looking back on it now, probably three and three is probably fair for where for where we are at. We're still still play middle of the road at the moment. Just got to take those. Obviously, still got to take, yeah, take the next step, as we're saying all the time. But yeah, I'd say I'd say three and three is about fair now. Yeah, well, hopefully we can snag a win in the next couple of weeks. Um, a, a really, I think, negative uh, uh, part of the game that we saw on the weekend that uh, I think is disappointing on so many levels is what happened in the last quarter. Silvani hurting his shoulder, and we still don't really know what the prognosis. Is on that one, but um, it's a shame because it was probably his quietest game of the year so far. Yet he that, was doing it, doing what he does best. And that, you know, it was a, it was such a nothing tackle, and he hurt himself. But then again, and that 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 tackle arguably won us the game because it they managed to sneak Harry in to kick the goal, even though he was the furthest away. You see them replay. I can't. I don't know where else. Hey, saw it. best snap in the league. But but correct. But we and we managed to get Harry on to kick it, and yeah, it was was his quietest game, but. I think it was quite for all forwards. Uh, actually, I'm, I'm saying that Mackay and Betts could have had a huge game. He kicked one three, and he almost had that one where he ran through traffic. Oh, man. He, he almost got that one. But, um, yeah, it was unfortunate, especially considering that tackle, that free kick and uh, ensuing goal won us the game. So it is unfortunate that he gets tackled, actually. He gets injured doing the right thing, unfortunately. Yeah, so I mean, honestly, I think the, the worrying part about it is not only is he, is he injured, I think that's given Casbolt a longer stint in the team, unfortunately. Yeah, not a because, and I And I will defend him in this case. Yes, the conditions did not help him at all, being a, being a big guy whose only use really is marking these days. And trust me, it's very good when it comes off, but it hasn't been coming off lately. Uh, but I think he gets another chance now with Silvani going down and he'll, he'll maintain that his spot as that second tall. Um, but overall, do you think 
are you disappointed with the forward line? Because I actually was really happy with the forward line as a whole. The goal kicking was the issue, was an issue. However, I thought our forward line was actually probably our most dynamic part of the ground, in my opinion. I think we looked best in that forward line. The score line doesn't show it, but I feel like I feel I feel a lot more confident with the ball locked in our forward line than I used to. Do you, do you tend to agree with that? Because it's I don't know why I don't know what the change. I think it, may, it must just be pressure, but that's just my thinking. I think we've set, started to set up a lot better behind the ball. Um, when it goes into our forward 50 now. The fact that, you know, Jones is intercepting everything that comes out. Doc's always there on the rebound. Sardi's been pretty good too. So, um, I th- yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty I'm, I'm pretty in agreement with you here because when it went in there, you, you always thought something was going to happen. And it wasn't like it was against Collingwood where it would be in there, but nothing was happening. It was always just coming out. And it was and, like yeah, and everything, everything, was, everything was forced against Collingwood. You know, I think our forward line on the weekend and the past couple of weeks has been a lot more natural, a lot more... Sort of like a bit of class going on, yeah. More forward, yeah. Yeah, I think so. I uh, another point I want to just ask you guys about is I want to get your thoughts on uh, Mark Pitto's uh, rucking, uh, rucking efforts on in, during the game because we talked about it last week how this could be a monster game for him. He could this could be the game he wins on his own boot and just absolutely go to town on. Him. And personally, I was a bit disappointed. Um, I didn't think he took advantage of the situation he had in front of him. Uh, what do you think, JB? Yeah, I, I share your same thoughts. Because he was up against not the second ruck or third ruck full-time. He was up against a defender who'd only played a handful of games. and He registered his first hit out yeah. in his AFL career. <laughs> actually, jeez, oh yeah, that wasn't good. He, Yeah, it, it was shaping up to be a monster game for him. He, he didn't take his chances. His first half... His second half was better than his first. I feel like he got the hang of it a bit better because sometimes he just punch it to nowhere or just swing and didn't use it enough. Like he might have won the hit out, but it wouldn't have been to our advantage, which you would expect considering he's actually a full time ruckman up against a defender. He did miss the he did miss the goal as well, which was looked pretty gettable. But yeah, I wasn't I wasn't too pleased with how his game turned out considering. Yeah. I... I think it was pretty average, to be honest. And the thing with Pito is when he gets his hit-outs right, they're really, really good. But when he gets when he, when he's not on, they're really bad. Like, they go nowhere. Like you said, Johnny, he just punches it to anywhere. There are a couple of instances where he tapped it down straight into the path of Cripps and Kerno. Then there are also a couple of instances where he just tapped it to nowhere and took Miller was sitting at the bottom of the pack and yeah. just took it through. And same with Greenwood. Um, there was. I, I honestly think Took Miller was a better ruckman. Yeah, he, had, he actually had a good, he had a good tap against, against Kerno. Yeah, there was a couple where he did just tap it back to the boundary or punch it back to the boundary, and it was, it was a waste because everyone gets up and about and saps a bit more energy. But yeah, despite um, not being up against a full time ruckman, it was actually yeah, pretty disappointing. And he's gonna have a big test next week against Wyset and or Laddams if he does play. So Pito's got a big challenge ahead of him this next week too. Yeah, just well, can we just let's let's not move on too quickly from Pitt because it's causing us a bit of an issue now. DeConning they said would be back by round six. Haven't seen him in the resis. Nor nor have I heard of him actually training with the main group. He's still in the rehab group. So this worries me in the sense that Pitto's gonna be there, you know, for the next probably the next six weeks at least, because you're gonna need DeConning a month of full training before he comes back. Um and a couple of games in the res, he's being a ruckman and being a young ruckman. 
And it says to me Levi's going to be in the team as well as a relief ruck. So Pino really needs to pick up his game if we're to go anywhere this year. Luke, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I'm a big fan of Pito, but at the end of the day, he he does need to pick up his performance. At the end of last year, we saw, or just last year in general, we saw what he's capable of, um, especially against uh, Ruckman that are that similar style to him where they're more pure Ruckman, tap-out work. They're not really around-the-ground players, but that's an aspect of the game he's, I know he's gone and worked on. He wants to be a, a threat going forward. Um and maybe that's taken away from some of his racking. Maybe he hasn't been felt as prepared or whatnot coming into the season in that sense. But um, yeah, I'm I'm with you in the sense that TDK doesn't look like he's coming in anytime soon, which is concerning because he's just one of those players who I feel like is going to become another unfortunate one like Marchbank, who we've heard has done the ACL and missing another 12 months. I could see De Koning just going down that path never getting on the park because the reality is as you said round six that's two weeks away yet there's been no mention of him not a single mention and there's been so many plays we just haven't heard about like Sam Philp I swear it was a one to two week injury or three week injury and he has not played I think he, 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 I think he played he played in the reserves Philp Phil okay. I think he might have got him but, but the thing was it was like one to two weeks like pre-season like and it's we've just had round four like we 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 sort. I feel like the club's sort of lying to us in that sense. Um, That's nothing new, to be yeah, honest. Let's but, be real. Can't, can't, but, propaganda, can't propaganda machine rolls on. Yeah. So you're going to continue? Yeah. yeah I was just going to say, yeah, with Pito, like, yeah, I think as long as Pito's in there, and especially up a guy, someone like a Lysette who does a lot around the ground, like those agile types, Levi has to step up. Levi has to step up and be that relief that like a Laddams is to Lysette like a Stefan Martin is to an English or like vice versa. We need someone who can be that guy because realistically, Pitonet is always going to be a really solid average ruckman. Like that, that's, and that's, there's nothing wrong with that. Dependable most yeah. of the time. Yeah, and you know what? There's only, I, I, look at the, I look at the ruckman in the league. You've got Gorn, Grundy, Goldstein, Natanui as your big four. You've got a couple guys who are developing and sort of going up into that really elite category, like Riley O'Brien's the one that springs to my mind. Other than that, there's a lot of teams don't have fantastic ruckmen. Like, they're just guys that just do the job. Just So, Pitonet needs to be at that level. And to the fact that we he not only was not very convincing, and we lost the clearances to Gold Coast. It's a concern. And it's something that has to be addressed. And it's something that we will get punished for next week as well. So, yeah. Do, do you think the way the game's moving now into this really fast-paced low interchange, which I think is stupid now, this low interchange crap, because um, it's causing more harm than good on the injury front, um, do you think the game is going past Pito's type of rock star? Uh, no. I think, if anything, it's suiting him because... It's going back to an older style of football. And back though, that style of football, there were more guys like Pitto. Um, I think I think it's going to be the same. The, the rucking situation is always going to be the same because whether... I guess there is the fact that there are less stoppages. So that, that, that does factor in. Um, but I think in terms of centre bounces and that, it shouldn't make a difference. Um, but you definitely have a case. You definitely... Well, the good the good thing was he did say, or it has come out that he was he had spent a large portion of preseason working on 
out sort of the stuff around uh, rucking. So going forward, kicking goals, going being a marking option. So I don't know if the game's going past that style of ruckman, but it's definitely going to become a bit more challenging, especially if he's going to have to rest forward. And that's again, that's it's a lot of pressure is going to come on that second guy, which is Levi, who's currently not really delivering. But I mean. If TDK comes back soon enough, it'll it'll look a lot better. I'm just saying, when does um, Oscar McDonald get a run? We haven't heard as, not as the sub as well. He was injured though this was week. Was he injured? Yeah, he was injured. Because oh, oh, I, I, I hear I hear that vest is oh, it's tough work. They're they're tough, that vest, yeah. mate. It must 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 be uh, <laughs> must be uh, loaded with lead or something. But um, yeah, no, because we would just say. Because if he can even crack on as a second ruck forward, him and Dukonig would be great because you don't have to worry about Pitt and A being a liability up forward. Well, the reality is, McDonald hasn't played a game in a month. He hasn't played a game of football in a month. He played he played half an hour in round one and he hasn't played a game in a month. So we, we can't just expect him now to come out there and be match fit. That a month is a long time to not have played a game of football if you're a football player. You know, that's the reality of it. It's, it's a long time. It's, it's so, so simple and makes so much sense. But Correct. Like, and the thing is, you know, you can't... Like, how are you going to be match fit if you're not playing matches? Like, the whole point of a pre-season is you get... You, you do all the high work, but then you test your fitness in a game. McDonald is basically going to have to do all that again. And it's just ridiculous. I, I, How he hasn't got at least one full game this year is beyond me. And how he got injured, again... He must have got injured at training. Another player getting injured at training, whether it's a week or not. Getting injured at training is just isn't acceptable anymore. It's so common and it's it's not good. It's, do we know do we know it is? Because it's controllable as well. I'd say it's your you can kind of work around or do your do take steps to avoid injuries. Obviously some things you can't help, like obviously seen Doherty do his ACL twice. Let's let's not go down that rabbit but, hole. But, but I get what you're but saying. at training you'd think it'd be a bit more uh, possible to avoid avoid certain injuries, but anyway, it, yeah, it's not. You could t- definitely talk about this for a lot longer than we have to. Well, we'll we'll go back to the game, uh, and Tass, I'll get your your thoughts. Who were the players in your mind that were the ones that were besides Pinnate because we've spoken about him? Who were the ones that you were most disappointed with? Because realistically, it, it was another game where a lot of players really contributed and felt like. You, I felt like a lot. Most of the team really, sort of, made their mark on on the match. Was there anyone who you think should have done more or should have been better with what they did? Just Kazzy again. Like, I get why he's in the team, and I'm sort of going towards that structure point of view. I understand it now, but everyone else, I think, made a consistent effort throughout the game. Like your likes of your Cottrells, man. He was all oh, over God, the God. he was all over the joint. That bloke. Name that springs to mind for me. G- but Gibbons. Gibbons as well. He was fantastic. Samo, he's played a really good couple of weeks. Um, but Kazzy just, whenever, at least, like, I understand he's not going to be in the game much, and that's fine. I don't have an issue with that. But when he is in the game, take your opportunities, man. Like, he took that mark in the first minute on the 50. That's his range. You should have gone home and banged that. Or at least, if, you don't, if you're not backing yourself in, put it at the top of the square. Don't fucking helicopter punt the thing. Pardon my language. Shouldn't be swearing on the pod. But yeah, like, Jesus, just just do something, man. Like, even as a ruckman, he didn't have. I reckon it was Burgess was rucking against him, wasn't it? Yeah, I reckon Burgess got the better of our ruckman. To be perfectly honest, 
one for me, we spoke about him last week, Paddy Woe. Not not Paddy Ware. I mean, in a game that was due to the conditions more midfield stoppage based, to only have eight touches. Um, well, I mean, he didn't fumble as much, which was good to see, but which is good to he didn't fumble as much compared to last week, but he was a bit cleaner when he had it, but he just didn't involve himself enough in the game and it was unfortunate and then he had the chance to at least create an opportunity, opportunity to kick a goal in the last quarter when we needed a goal and he handed off to Nunes which shows to me he just didn't want to take the responsibility either which is unfortunate yeah I'd say yeah he's definitely at risk of being dropped soon and I wouldn't be surprised if it is this week definitely with the likes of Stocker and Cunningham are playing a bit better which is I've heard sorry no, I was going to say Zach Williams. Zach oh, Williams yeah, has oops, to come sorry, back in, about him as well. and and he came in for Setterfield. Uh, he was out for uh, for Setterfield, who was then out for Cottrell, um, or something like that. Anyway, but the thing is, you can't drop Cottrell after the way he's played. If you do, that's just not fair, and I'll, I'll be disappointed if I see that. Because I think Setterfield definitely starts back in the midfield in the rotation instead of on the wing. I think Cottrell's definitely on the should be on the wing. And until he obviously his form drops, he should stay there. Because and because seeing reading the reserves report as well, Cunningham looks to be to be contributing more defensively, which is good to see. Maybe his attitudes changed a little. So if he gets a chance, be interesting to see how he goes at AFL level too. But yeah, just uh, Paddy Dale, yeah, didn't have his best. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah, Kennedy had Kennedy had four touches in a quarter in the midfield. While while we did dominate that whole quarter, it shows that. Dow didn't do much as well, so. Yeah, I think off the performance, Dow in the midfield group, Dow was definitely, I think, the most disappointing. A lot of people have been, I think, getting on Setterfield's case for a poor game. He, I think, he just didn't really look up to it again. I, I don't know. He was, he was sick. Was it sick illness, gastro or something that kept him out? Um, so maybe he hadn't fully prepared. But I thought he looked undone, and I thought he was just. The lack of sort of energy from Setterfield. Usually, you see him trying to get involved in, in, in the contest. If he can't get the ball, usually tackling really well. Um, so I thought Setters was a bit disappointing as well. But um, I think Dow, Casbold, Setters were the three that just. So I think they missed their opportunity again. And Dow and Casbold, it's becoming a really common theme for. So I think yeah, they're in a bit of strife. Um, is there any comments you want to make on the game, or we're we going to move on? None left, none else from me, I think. I think it's been pretty much. All right, well, okay. So I'll uh, I'll give my 3-2-1. I've given three to Liam Jones. I think he's been phenomenal. Uh, we, we mentioned how his intercept game is just taken another step up. And he, he, he nearly kicked a goal. Nearly kicked his first goal since 2016. So... Um, Really? It's been, it's been that long. Yeah, the, the really? commentators said 2016 or 2016 or 17. Because he had the chance against Frio last year when it was looked like to win the game. Was that snap? And he obviously hadn't been down that end for quite some time and didn't do too. He didn't do too well with it. So, but yeah, he definitely played very well. Yeah, so I gave Jonesy the three. I gave Cottrell too. I thought I I, I was saying to Tass just before we uh, started recording, um, there weren't many players who actually individually played four quarters. The team as a whole played four quarters, but I think Cottrell was one of the only players who I saw every quarter really contributing. So I gave him my two, and I thought he was fantastic. As a, he was always a great outlet option, and that's what you need a winger to do. So I thought Cottrell was fantastic, um, arguably his best game of his career so far. 
Um, and I gave the one to Doherty. I've been on his case, and I thought he really uh, stepped up. And I think a lot of it has to do with the structure of our backline now and Parks being that fourth defensive option as opposed to Williamson. Um, Doherty's ta- looking really good again, and I was I, I get really worried when I was, whenever I see wet, dewy conditions for Doherty and also Cripps because I'm just like, there's an injury happening here, and I don't want to see that. Even Harry, anyone who's got a bit of size on them or has had knee or ankle issues, I freak out. So good, it was great to see Doherty, one, get through the game, and two, I thought he re- was really dominant. So that's my 3-2-1. Yeah, for me, um, I thought Ed Kerner had one of the best games he's had for a while. He was everywhere, fantastic. So three votes for good old Ed. Been on his case a little bit lately, thinking he should be replaced by one of the younger guys. But if he performs at that standard at 31 years of age, then there's no excuse for him to be out of the team, really. So, um, yeah, I thought he was fantastic. He just keeps chugging along. Uh, two to Jonesy. Man, what, what, this guy has uh, really turned himself around the past couple of weeks. He's just flying for everything, intercept marks. He's uh, helping us keep it locked in the forward line, which is our game style. And, uh, yeah, he's been really instrumental coming off uh, half-back, full-back uh, when he needs to be. And for one, I gave Murph. I thought he had a fantastic game. Uh, two goals, five score involvements. And, uh, yeah, I was uh, I was really happy with Murph. It's good to see him come out and play well. So Yeah, also also had a tackle, which was good to see. But um, yeah, and he had the, had the great banana. You knew the check side or whatever you want to call it. But you just, as soon as he was, was running through in, inside 15, he was going to kick it. But um, yeah, oh, my 3 2 1 3 is probably a bit self explanatory. Liam Jones, enough's been said about him. But it was good to see on Sunday night's edition of um, Fox Footy's first crack. They were saying weird, they were saying weird, um, weird or left, left field uh, all Australian selections. And Liam Jones did come up. So. And that's and that's probably fair due to his form the past couple of weeks, which is good to see as well in the stats. They had him comparing against McGov- Jeremy McGovern. And Jones, I think, last week against Gold, against Gold Coast had 11 inside 50s as well. So he's contributing offensively and getting some... and helping out as well, not just being a lockdown defender, which is which is good. So uh, congrats to Air Jones for the three again. Two was Kerno again, in the type of game that it was with the conditions. He was fantastic. He had... How many clearances and 30 odd touches, eight clearances or something, and 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 a good goal too as well. And then one one was to Cottrell. He was fantastic. Kicked a goal as well. Dished out the monies with his celebration, which is good to see as well. So he's up and about. Him and Gibbons are fantastic in that team as well. Purely even just for even not even on in the twenty two, just purely for morale as well. They look like they make the boys' lives a bit easier with their antics, but um. And special mention to Adam Sard and Mark Murphy as well. I think there were him and Doherty as well, stiff to get votes, but Sard was great as as well. So yeah, that's my, my votes as well. It was weird. When I was doing when I was watching the game I had mind because I was watching the replay, I wasn't as invested in what the score line was doing. So I knew that and so I was like, right, I'm gonna try and watch it a bit more analytically and I was throughout the game I'm like, right, currently my three two one is this and it changed that that often. Like Cripps had my three votes in the first quarter, and then I didn't see him at a single bounce in the second quarter. I don't know where he went, but then it just kept changing, kept changing, and um, it's a good thing. It's a good thing that it changes because it means there's multiple contributors um, around. So Tass, ins and outs. Do we think we make changes, or what do you reckon? Obviously, Silvani might be out. So, what do you think? Um, on the assumption that Silvani's out. Let's bring McGovern in. 
but then does that make us too tall potentially um, they're the same height are they yeah Sylvani can play small they're both they're can't. they're both medium medium forwards yeah. I'd say um, yeah so that's interesting so we'll assume Sylvani's out um, who else who was the late out no one. Who, Williams who, was out, so I'd say he, yeah. he, he so he'll come back if he's, over, if he's over his illness. I think I think Dow's had enough chances now. A couple of games in the twos wouldn't go astray. So yeah, that, that's two straight swaps for me. For me, I'd say despite injuries, I'd say I'd love Omak to come in, but I'd say he's injured because the subs vest was a bit too heavy. They don't have vests anymore, actually. They just wear the training shoe, which is interesting. Maybe, maybe, maybe that, that jacket must be maybe, bloody heavy. Maybe, maybe maybe Puma's got the training shirts a bit too heavy now. Maybe that's why Caleb Zoran couldn't rip it last week. Um, I'd say McGovern in for Silvani if Silvani's damage is, is warranting him enough to be out for more than a week or so. He's played... McGovern's played a couple... No, so, so it's a twelve-day mandate, isn't it? No, it's only for concussion. Are you sure? Yes, I, w- yes. I wouldn't. If you, would if, Gibbons you, if you go out for an injury, like a an eight, like if because it was the shoulder, if it turns out he's fine and like the shoulder is good and he gets tested, um, gets go, passes a test or whatever, I, be, I believe, and it has to be. Is it not only the club, but I think an AFL. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's the commission. Someone at AFL has to sign off on it. But Silvani can play. One is it would Gibbons because he had a concussion test. Would he maybe have to be? Think, no, no. Well, he went out because he got a concussion I, test, but I'm not too I, sure. No, well, he, if he passes, he, it, he wasn't fine. subbed because of the concussion. He wasn't subbed at all. He played the game out. Yeah, okay. So it's just an it's and they'd say he's fine. He hasn't really. Well, it's like saying Hunter Clark couldn't play round one. Oh, but then again, there was 12 days in between. Yeah, okay. That's I was another, that's another that's thing I just thought of as well. But I'd say yeah, Williams. I said Williams definitely comes back in after a late because it was a late change due to illness. McGovern's been playing. It was it two games in the VFL he played two or three. Two or three. So I, I'd say. He should be ready, at least at least to a standard where he can play. I'd say those two really, apart from and then if, nah, that's it. I don't want to say anything else more. I mean, um, nah, it'd just be those two. I'd say. I'm. Oh. So, sorry, I was. Uh, you, ne- you nearly skipped my uh, ins and outs. Uh, <laughs> I had Silvani out, assuming he's injured. I've got coming in McGovern, but I think if McDonald is fit, I wouldn't be surprised if we go three really tall against uh, Ports, three big tall defenders. Um, the other one is Dow out. I think uh, we've said it for a few weeks now. All of us have agreed Dow should probably be dropped. Um, I think he goes out, and it's for Williams. If Williams isn't right, I think Kennedy stays in Kennedy's someone who fans have been screaming to get a chance and to be honest I haven't really thought about Kennedy coming in the team I think Kennedy has had a lot of opportunity and he hasn't done much however I think if Silvani's out Kennedy could be a guy who rests say, forward, and, be, forward and he's a threat because realistically we don't really have any midfielders who can rest forward and be a threat Cripps can't be a threat I mean he can take a mark maybe but he's not a threat like going forward and sorry about about Kennedy we've said this before it's a thing we'll be known for kick four against the Gold Coast last couple of years ago <laughs> so yeah the goal kicking uh, G uh, I guess might be in him yeah it could be interesting because he is a, he is 190 odd so he, he's similar size to Silvani and McGovern so he could provide it could be an option if McGovern isn't fit and then do you want know another name as well when's Stocker going to play would he is he ready I don't still not ready I I, I wouldn't be surprised 
if I don't think stock is coming in, but I I think a typical Carlton thing would be to see Luke Parks dropped because he had three touches. They don't actually watch the game and see that oh he made, he did, he did his job. He didn't make mistakes. They won't look at that. They'll say oh he had three touches. Let's bring Williamson in because he had a best on ground performance a week ago in the twos and he was travelling with the team. I would not be surprised. I hope it doesn't happen because I think Parks has done nothing wrong. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. But yeah, that's my ins and outs. And with Stocker, I think, yeah, Stocker, he's got a... He's, I don't think he's coming in. And who does he come in for as well? Like, I mean, we've got to look at that. So, yeah. You may have already said previously on last week's, but when's is what's Kim's timeline looking like as well? Because I completely forgot about him and he popped up and saying so just has his head just... Light up as well. I think I think he... I think Kemp's uh, sort of like what we were expecting. Charlie, what's this? One to two weeks. Well, or months. Well, could, could be months. He got, injured, he got he got a twelve he got a twelve week injury eleven weeks ago. Have we heard anything from the club? Well, there you go. Because I'm pretty sure I saw recently, and I could be totally wrong. So I might just be waffling here. But I thought I saw that it said. Um, it was, a, it was a sort of similar time frame to when we expect Charlie Kerno to be back. But interesting you say that because, yeah, that's another just that's another, that's another player who I wouldn't be surprised if we just don't see much of, who's been... I, I who, As a junior, I've seen footage of him playing as a junior and he was amazing. But we're not going to see it at the AFL level. Another, another one to remind you about as well is Nick Newman. He might, he might, if, he might be that because he's been playing... Didn't he cop a season ending? Was it? I think. Yeah, yeah. He's oh, jeez. Oh, and also, I don't think he plays anyway. Yeah, but I just just another name I completely forgot about that reminded myself of previously. There's a there's a few to come in and that we're not sure about. Oh well, fair enough. Now we'll move on. Actually, I'll quickly run through because we're talking about the we've, we're sort of still talking about the game, um, the power rankings. I've, I'll just whiz through this. Um, no huge changes, but I'll go through the the somewhat movers. Liam Jones has gone up two places. He's in fifth spot. He's going to just keep climbing up that ranking board, I think, because he's phenomenal. Gibbons up to 12th on the list for a guy who I didn't even have in the best 22 round one. He has been phenomenal. He's moved up three spots. Setterfield has dropped five spots. He's down to 17th, um, which is a bit weird because he was a sort of a mainstay all of last year and really solid. Um, Betts has moved up a spot and Dow has dropped down a spot. But otherwise, it's all pretty much the same. But yeah. Um, moving on from that though, uh, we have a segment that doesn't have a name anymore. And this is because JB didn't like the name anymore. We used to call it the blowtorch. Well, I'm, However, I, well, I'm open to suggestions if anyone has any names, but I feel like the blowtorch is a bit too, uh, generic. Uh, well, the blowtorch that was, we're, we're now, we're, we're currently giving it the makeshift name, the not so very goods, which isn't very good in itself. Um, we'll move on to that. I wrote down... My blowtorch was, or my not so very good, was going to be Pido not dominating, and we've talked about that, so I won't go on about that. Uh, JB, what do you have? Mine is to the AFL, and I'm sure everyone's got their grievances with them, but in this case, it's their scheduling in deciding to play a night game at Metricon, where they've no, no, night games at Metricon, where they know it's Dewey and it's going to provide up there. They know it's, they know it's a Stewie Do. So, um, and they know it's not going to uh, bring about the best spectacle of the you already ma- You already made that gag before, well, mate. I'm sorry, it's well, you're, I'm sorry you're laughing, so I figured I'd go for it again. But 
they if they're so worried about the spectacle of footy and changing and changing the rules and everything, why don't they just change the scheduling to make it not such a bad game to watch? And to, and then in the future they should never never schedule them. And I'm sure many of you will agree watching that and watching others, especially when the two teams aren't the best what teams in the comp. Their skills are going to be be a bit off. Compounded with the weather, it wasn't a good spectacle, and I think they should never ever schedule them at night. And I don't know how hard it was to just schedule it at 3 p.m. on a Sunday. Why couldn't you? Sometimes the AFL make it hard, harder for themselves. Yep. So all you folk at the AFL listening, take that on board. Tass, what have you got? Um, I don't really like to. Well, actually, we haven't done it for a while, so it's sort of justified. Matthew Nichols is the worst umpire going around. I'm going to keep it short and sweet, but he's, mate. So wait, he's got he's gone a, he's moved up above Williamson in the worst umpire list. Oh, that's no. There's there's Nathan Williamson, then there's. 10,000 kilometres. New, new segment coming up next week. Umpire power rankings, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> very good, very good. He's on fire tonight, this boy. Some of those some of those decisions were just abysmal. And the fact, like, and John will be a testament to this, like, we were sitting there. We weren't so much getting frustrated with the performance as we were with the umpiring. Like, the umpiring was just dreadful. And it was both ways. Like, there were some calls that were just beyond belief there was one on there was one on Doc where he pinned Doc for having the arm around the front of uh, Sexton right and free kick okay if you're going to pay it pay it all game and you got sub to the next frame 30 seconds later ball's going into our forward line Harry Mackay is being bear hugged from behind and it's not a free kick like all we ask for is consistency if you want to be wrong be wrong but be consistently wrong the two the two that stuck out stuck out for me was the one on Patricia Seaton that didn't get called he got almost closed line in the back 50 well, I mean it might be hard to see but sure there's there's three umpires surely one of them's looking at the ball um, and the one that spared Caswell's blushes when he um, misjudged the ball that push that push in the back cheapers which he and which he almost missed as well and you could see his reaction after he kicked it were uh, it wasn't um the best well, well, as you said, uh, well, as I said earlier, I watched the replay and I didn't watch it live. So the emotion of the game really wasn't there for me watching it. So because I knew the outcome and I knew that we won, I wasn't too phased by the umpiring. However, in the first quarter, I was sitting there and I'm saying, all right, that's not a great decision, but whatever, moving on. The second quarter, so we're not even halfway through the game. By the second quarter, I started yelling at the TV because the umpiring was so crap. And as you said, it was both ways. It wasn't like we, it was just us getting hard done by. It was awful. And not a, it's not only our games as well. Like I watched a few other games this weekend and they're just, there's so many missed calls that you just, you, I don't know how they miss it. Like I know it's different when you, that, that, you, know, you don't have the same point of view as we do, but come on, it's just getting a bit old now, isn't it? And Yeah. But anyway. We'll move on because we're not here to talk about the umpires. We'll look towards next week. We'll look towards next week. We've got the, the Port Adelaide Power. And they're, they're sort of hot, but they're sort of not. They got a good win against the Tigers, but then they got smacked the week before by um, by West Coast. I think they're 3-1, and one, if I recall correctly. So, um, as expected, they're doing really well. Um, and looking at their back line, they have... Alia Alia, Tom Jonas, and Tom Cleary as their keys. 
And then they've got Darcy Byrne-Jones, Hamish Hartlett, Ryan Burden, and then the new cult hero, Lockie Jones, who looks like the manliest 19-year-old I've ever seen. Carl Amon as well, or is he more a midfielder? Carl Amon sort of works wing to wing. Yeah. Houston's playing midfield these days, but this shows the depth they've got, really, because they've got guys who can play anywhere. And um, Honestly, Aaliyah, Jonas and Cleary, it's going to be a tough battle. I think Harry will have should have the better of whoever is on him. I think it'll be Jonas. Um, Levi will probably get... I think he'll probably take Aaliyah just because Aaliyah's got the extra size. And honestly, I don't rate Aaliyah. But Aaliyah is the kind of guy, if he work, works off his man, he can be really dangerous. And I worry that Le- Levi needs to run with him all day to stop that from happening. Um, and then Cleary will take either McGovern or whoever that third tall player is. Um, and that'll be a bit of a that'll be a tough one because he's, Cleary is a bit bigger and he's a very athletic uh, defender. But then you look at the rebounders. You've got Darcy Byrne Jones, Hamish Hartlett, Lockie Jones, and Ryan Bird, and all these guys are really great by by foot. Lockie Jones was a slider in the draft, and he, when you're a slider and you're still getting picked up at what, pick thirteen or whatever he was, I might be wrong in saying that, but he was definitely a, a sort of a mid first round pick. Um, he, you know, he's going to be a, a pretty talented player. Um, so these guys, a bit like uh, last week, I mean, uh, not last week, against Collingwood, I mentioned those rebounders, they're really damaging when they get in control. So um, again, the pressure forwards who are going to be sort of one-on-one against those guys, they're going to have their work cut out for them. Um, if We sort of need, it's, I feel like Port, across the board in the whole team, they're a team you've got to shut off their water instantly because once they get going, you can't stop them. But yeah, that's the back line. How's the midfield looking? Yeah, so we line up with Houston, Wines, and Amon. Is it Houston or Houston? Houston. Houston. There we go. Um, and then we've got followers, Lysette Butters, Boke. Zach Butters, obviously, 10-week injury, so we won't be seeing him. 10-week? 10-month? Ten 10-week. Ten 10-week. Ten 10-week. Ten yeah, 10-week. Uh, so we won't be seeing him. Uh, Boke is dangerous, as always. So he's could be a Kurnow job, actually. Um, we'll see what happens on that front. Or, or wines even I think wines is probably the more appropriate one I'd say would you, just, would you give it just Crips and wines just go head to head yeah two potentially big rage, two big yeah animals. go Luke what are your thoughts on Cottrell being a tagger I think he would be phenomenal oh, he'd be fantastic he'd be a serial but, but pest that boy I'd say he's a bit too small at the moment but but the thing is but he goes he, in like bigger than oh, he is he, because he goes the, in head first correct I don't know I just think if we want to because I think Ed Kernow I, I, I think Ed Kernow is the number one tagger in our team and I think, I think we've seen Setterfield try and sort of play that role when I didn't like it. I think you need someone if you're going to tag a Boke who's great around to, everywhere. You need someone, with a good you need someone who's going to go in, who's going to be quicker than him, and he's going to be able to run all day on him and just be a pest. And I think Cottrell's that guy. But anyway, sorry, I'm cutting into your little section. No, no, like I, I definitely agree with you. I think Cotters would be great, but the the difference between him and Kernow is Kernow wins his own ball as well while he's tagging. I don't think Cottrell would have the ability think, to do um, that. I think the Mitch Robinson comparison should stop at red hair and a bit of a nut. I don't think he should be a tagger. But it's a, it's a, it's, an interesting, it's an interesting proposition. But um, yeah, I think he's still a bit too small and I think he's a bit better on a wing because then, then again, if he goes in the midfield, he puts Setterfield on a wing and, and looking back, while I said it was good to see him there, I don't think it's his best position as well. And then just the touch on the ruck, that's a battle we're not going to win. Um, so I've conceded that already. I think we can... I don't know if it's ever been done before, but can you read the opposition's t- 
taps <laughs> just focus on that well the thing with uh, the ruck is Lysette is a guy he can work around the ground but in terms of um, his sort of the ruckman he is it's very similar to Pivnay in the fact that he is that sort of big he doesn't really he's not like a Grundy or a Gorm where they, where they get move, where they, 25 touches where a game they move off for a big yeah so I mean and Pivnay likes playing against these guys so I wouldn't write it off I'd be very impressed and surprised if he did uh, get the better of him. But yeah. how they go? I'm trying to remember. I know we did lose after the siren against them, but how did they? How did Pitney really go? I'm trying to remember. Do you think how he how his game went? From my I think we did from all, what I remember, I think that was one of his standout games. I who, think I think he had that game, and then he. I, I might be wrong, but then he played on a. I don't know if it was Nadanui, but it was a an agile ruck, and then he got pumped. So yeah, so, him up and okay. then so then maybe on maybe on on previous history it could be a bit more equal than we think. But going up against two ruckmen, if Wyset and Laddams were to play, but interesting about the selection there, he could be still be in for going up against two ruckmen, which might tire him out. But so you, you done Tuss? Yeah, no, he got smashed last year. Oh, okay. I just, I just looked it up. I'll uh, I'll eat my words. Whoops. <laughs> maybe not then. Okay, then we could be in for. a for a long one or Pitane could be in for a long one we might be as well but should we uh, move on to the forward line for the forward line their main threat obviously is Charlie Dixon could kick the first goal for Gold Coast in their game against Carlton a good 10 years ago now just right not only is he producing fun jokes fun he's producing facts fun there. facts oh. I, we're, we're, you and me are actually at, at the game Luke um, yeah he's huge but I think well I'm not too sure if he might have just been a joke but he maybe. be he, a couple of the blokes on the radio, I can't remember who, were saying it doesn't see too well at night. So, and obviously it's a night game at the G, so we could be in for a few drop marks. But I think Jones went to him. Is that actually a thing? I don't know. Does he not have good eyes or something? Oh, I don't know. I just I've never heard, heard that before. I might be taking a, not enough grains of salt okay. with it. But, no, but, but, um, but Jones went to him last time and he did get over him a little. So he might need a bit more support in the form of either Parks or, or Weedering coming across. Robbie Gray is more of a forward now. He is very smart, and we did. And we he's a very he's a very smart footballer. He's got a very good high IQ, and he's got great skills. And we do know what happened last time. And I feel I feel like Plamen is that type of person to go with him. That small slash tall, Orazio, their new recruit from from Essendon, he's a pressure forward and and kick goals. We saw he did kick four against North, but it's North. But I feel Doherty would go to him, and then depending on their inclusions. It could be two or even three of um, Marshall, Adams, and Georgiades. So, if any f- two or three of them do play, it may help. It may help us as well because if, if they're too tall on transition, it'll help us. So I think Weeding or Parks would take the other the other talls as well. So, I mean, their forward their forward line can be deadly as well, but it's just all on the midfield to help defenders in not allowing the port midfield to get good. Good use inside fifty. Yeah, I think um, I think uh, it'll be interesting to see who takes Arazio and Gray, just because Gray is a lot smaller than Plowman. I wouldn't be surprised to see Sard take one of them, and then if Samo takes the other, I don't know. But I guess Plowman has to man up on someone. But um, it'll be interesting. Or even Parks might take him because Parks seems like he's pretty explosive, pretty quick, and I think we'd probably prefer. Going with what we know, and that's Plowman on sort of that third tour, which would be Georgiades or Marshall or Laddams. So um, that'll be interesting. Um, and, so well, and, and sorry to get a de- and to get an actual defender on on Gray, not a offensive defender like a Doherty or Sard or something. Yeah, and I think that's important. I think we've got to 
you got to be safe with someone like Robbie Gray because he, even though he's old and doesn't do a whole lot, these days, he still he can still win a game on his own boot. And he, and he has done that a few times, especially that one against St Kilda a few years ago, which was which was very very clean. Yeah, but in terms of predictions, uh, I'll go first. I'll say I think we're losing this one. I'm going to be honest. I think we're 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 not quite at the level that Port's at, and I'd say we lose by 22 points. Where's the where's the blue coloured glasses, mate? Jesus, mate! I've always been the most humble, modest one in, of the group. Ah, uh, yes. As I love the fact he says he's modest as he says he's modest. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, I'm just being realistic, boys. But anyway, anyway, um, we digress. Carlton by ten points. We always play. Well, 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 let me justify it before you laugh at my prediction, champ. <laughs> He's champ. Oh, I'm, I'm gonna head out. He's He's say you later. Yeah, yeah, the door's over there, mate. Yeah, you guys can finish Jeepers. it off. Um, yeah. Anyway, we always match up well against Port Adelaide, I think, and at the G, we always do play well against them. So I think we're a sneaky chance here. Not not gonna tell my friends at work to tip Carlton, but I think we're a sneaky. Oh, I'd like to say we win. I mean, again, the last time we did play him at the G, we did win. But I mean, Bryce Gibbs was still in the team, so. And I think there are a few others that we shouldn't name that were still in the team at the time as to show how long it was. Actually, no, he actually, got, he actually got suspended, I think, for a tackle on Robbie Gray. Go figure. But um, oh, it's a tough one. Oh, I think we might we might just fall short. But I think it, I, the line for me would be between ten points, win or lose. It'd be I think it should be a very very close game. So I'll go I'll go Port by ten, but I hope I'm wrong. There you go. I hope I hope you're right, uh, boys. I hope you're right. I do want to be proven wrong in these. You mean, you mean hope I'm wrong? I said port by ten, silly boy. Tass, I hope you're right. <laughs> no, but you said you said you want to you, you want to be proven wrong. So um, I'm I'm going to try and justify what I just said. But anyway, um, so it sounds like we all think it's going to be a close game. Hopefully, uh, and to finish things off, our expert forgotten blue guesser. Will not be guessing. He will be delivering the clues. JB, take it away. Okay, so this player, he was a big guy. Um, he was the, I think, was the, he was the, according to uh, Bluesium, sorry, I don't want to make any um, uh, statements that aren't true, but according to Bluesium, he's almost the certainly biggest and heaviest man signed by the Blues. Lance Windle. He was, no, he oh. was, um, he, he was about 210 centimetres tall and weighed in about 105 kilos. He played in the NBA with the Arizona Wildcats. Core check. Correct. Yes. As, as soon as wow. I said, yeah. so I should, there, were, there were a few clues I should have given away first, but as soon as I said basketball, I knew he was going to get done. But Keep reading any it. Other, I wanna, any I wanna, other I things? Wanna, well, I want to hear He I was a hear Carlton from 2016 to 2017, recruited him as a Category B international rookie. He was invited to an AFL assessment camp in 2015 and only seen a brief, few brief minutes of the Australian game on TV. His agility amazed Carlton, which is surprising seeing as he's a bus. <laughs> he was offered a contract very quickly because we thought he could move well. We'll probably saw him on a basketball court and it's that illusion thing where in a small space they look like they move a bit faster. Like when you run in a, down a hotel room hallway, you think you run like Usain Bolt. So maybe we just weren't that smart at the game at the time. But um, he didn't play a game. He played 31 games in the VFL, though. 
averaging nine or an averaging is he kicked nine goals again nine goals so um was born on the 12th of october 1991 making him 29 years old um that's all there is about matthew korchik he wore the goons in number 48 obviously didn't see it <laughs> at a at a seniors game but um yeah that's that's matthew korchik another forgotten blue so uh oh. shout out to matt if you're listening you're probably not but anyway hope so hope all's well well, I mean, if you got that before Tass did, very, very good job. It was very quick. Um, I'd forgotten that name. I, I, I forgot about him. I was, when you mentioned basketball, I could picture him, but I couldn't remember the name. So, well done, Tass. Um, that's a good one. It was a very recent one too, which is, which is unusual. Is, uh, yeah, but um, yeah, you're welcome, mate. Um, any final comments, or we're we all good? Well, I think we're all good. Um, more. All right. So, um. Please feel free to send us any feedback you have or any thoughts, questions, uh, queries. Uh, let us know. Um, we we love hearing from you guys, and definitely even even just send in what, hey if you think we're going to win, if you think we're going to win, if we can pit port. But um, until next time, go the baggers. Go boys. Go blues. <laughs>